What's up, guys? Brett Apple here from DailyFanMMA.com, back with another UFC Quick Picks on the Mayo Media Network. We have UFC Vegas 63 this weekend. Calvin Cater versus Arnold Allen in the main event. I think we only have 11 fights on the slate, so definitely a short one this week, but coming off such a phenomenal UFC 280 card, we have UFC 281 coming up. Still a lot of great fights left in the year. This is probably more of a hardcore event, but nonetheless, going to give you my favorite cash game play, tournament play, salary play, and another tournament matchup I like for the event. Please, as always, like the channel, subscribe, uh, like the like the video, subscribe to the channel. You can like the channel as well. Uh, comment, let me know who your favorite. Let's just go contrarian play. Give me a contrarian play you like on this slate. I think the problem with this slate is just that with only 11 fights, we're going to see ownerships skewed across the board. Um, there just aren't many options to choose from, which means if you can take a stand, then that's really going to help differenti differentiate you from the field. So interested to hear what kind of sneaky plays um, you guys like this week. Without further ado, let's get into my cash game play of the week, who is going to be Calvin Cater at 8K. All right, I'm rolling with Calvin Cater as my cash game play at 8K, and I'm considering just stacking up the main event in cash games as well. The fight's minus 110 on both sides, so it's not that Arnold Allen can't win this fight. It's not that Arnold Allen isn't a good cash game play either. I may end up with both of them in my lineup. I prefer Cater a little bit more in cash games just because he's a like more experienced, more consistent volume striker. Um, he's averaging 5.19 significant strikes landed per minute, 7.15 absorbed. That's kind of his issue. 54% striking defense. But he's coming off three five-round, sorry, four or five-round uh, main events in a row against Dan Ige, Max Holloway, Giga Chikatse, and Josh Emmett. And that, and he's gone to decision all four times. Like that is really, really valuable experience where Arnold Allen, yeah, he's 9-0 and in the UFC and he's incrementally increasing his competition, but the majority of his career has not been against, you know, the elites of this division. And you can say the best one of his career was his last fight against Dan Hooker, first round knockout, very impressive for him to knock out Dan Hooker is one thing. For him to knock out Calvin Cater is, I think, a tougher challenge considering Holloway couldn't do it with 445 strikes landed. Giga Chikatse couldn't do it. Josh Emmett couldn't do it. And it's not that Cater doesn't get hurt, but to think, oh, this is an easy matchup for Allen, you know, dust off his hands, first round KO. I'm not sure it plays out that simply. I'm also not sure Allen has much wrestling upside in this matchup. He lands 1.4 takedowns for 15 minutes, but Cater defending at 91% of the two. I actually think Cater probably has a little bit more wrestling upside, but I expect this fight to play out over an extended period of time unless someone randomly gets hurt, which, you know, I'm not, which is possible, but I'm not expecting it necessarily. The fight is. Uh, projected to go the distance minus 130 so you're projected to get five rounds worth of whichever side you choose in the main event and cater is just a more proven volume striker i mean in these last three fights he's landed 133 144 and 130 significant strikes where arnold allen um has been much lower volume throughout the majority of his career, even in fights that have gone the distance or into round three. Like we're seeing numbers like 23, 31, 32, 29, 37. Significant strikes landed in three rounds. That is, he does not 
produce a lot of exchanges. He's had a couple outliers, including the fight against Dan Hooker, but I think Hooker really pressured him and kind of forced the counter out of Allen, and I'm not sure this matchup plays out exactly the same. It's still a competitive fight. Allen can win. Um, I would just expect it to more come by decision, and I'm not fully sold on that, where I trust Cater more being the more experienced fighter, especially in five rounds, with some wrestling upside, with more volume upside. I think he's a pretty safe option in cash games, especially for 8K. All right, moving on to tournaments. I'm going to roll with Chase Hooper at 9.2K. This is a total risk. I mean, all these fighters in this range are risks. This card is pretty weak from a talent and name perspective, and Chase Hooper at 9.2K should tell you a lot. But he's minus 300 to beat Steve Garcia, um, who I thought had a chance to win his last fight, but was knocked out in the first round by Mahashate. Um, Prior to that, had a second round TKO on the ground against Charlie Ontiveros. But prior to that, the, the big concern here is his fight against Luis Pena, who's no longer in the UFC. Pena um, didn't even land an official takedown, but he had 14 minutes of control on Garcia in, 15, in a 15-minute fight. And he took his back in every single round. And Chase Hooper, though he lacks physicality, power, technical wrestling, which is an issue... He's a very good submission grappler. He's a good scrambler, a good back taker, and I think that's his path to victory here. I mean, if the fight plays out in the feet, Garcia can definitely compete. Garcia can definitely hurt him. Garcia can probably even land takedowns of his own. I'm not convinced Hooper can even land takedowns. He averages 1.5, but you know, I just don't, he's not really a trustworthy wrestler. However, his his game is grappling. And he's going to create a lot of wild exchanges. And based on the weaknesses we've seen in Garcia's game in the past, I think the op- the upside opportunity pre- presents itself here with Hooper, who's coming off a win that scored 143 points. And, I mean, he also has a 112-point win. So if I'm going to take risks on this slate, which I have to, I at least want to do it in spots where if I'm right or if I, you know I happen to be correct in that instance, I'm getting a high ceiling. And Hooper's the type where, yeah, he's a total risk. He might suck. He might lose. But if he wins, I think there's a good chance it comes with takedowns, control, reversals, ground and pound, a finish. He's plus 105 inside the distance. Um so 9.2K, I think, is a reasonable, expensive but reasonable price to pay. I like him for his grappling-based ceiling, and he's going to be my tournament play of the week. Moving on to my salary play of the week, I would like to talk about Andre Arlovsky at 7.3K. Uh, this feels like a total trap, but whatever. If I get trapped by it, that's fine. Uh, Arlovsky's plus 210 to beat Marcos Rogerio de Lima, which I, I just don't think is accurate. Um, Arlovsky's coming off four consecutive victories and he's just like the consistent, the, the beacon of consistency in this heavyweight division just goes out there, strikes competitive with every single opponent, 3.18 landed per minute, 3.2 absorbed per minute, 57% defense. He's been knocked out a couple times. I mean, that that's the deal with Arlovsky. He's been knocked out like 12 times plus throughout his career. Once by Aspinall in 2021, once by a streak in 2019. So it definitely could happen. And Marcos Rogerio de Lima definitely could win by knockout. So if you want to play some Rogerio de Lima in tournaments, that's totally fine. But, I mean, does Rogerio de Lima have, like, even another path to victory besides early knockout here? Because any fight that's extended on the feet, he loses. 
Um, coming off a, a decision loss to Bogoy Ivanov, in which he gassed out after the first round, 3.57 strikes landed per minute, 2.44 absorbed is nice, but it, it, it mostly translates into first round finishes for DeLima. And he's also like a, a good grappler to some degree, averages 1.1 takedowns per 15 minutes. He loses by submission a lot, uh, by, by forearm choke, arm triangle, Von Flew, like not by great submissions. And Arlovsky defends at 76%. I'm just not sold that DeLima goes out there and wrestle dominates Arlovsky for 15 minutes. So if this fight goes to decision, I kind of think Arlovsky is going to be the more consistent striker as he's proven to be throughout the vast majority of the last five to 10 years in this division. And yeah, if it's minus 110, minus 110, I'm like, okay, whatever. I don't really want to touch this fight. Arlovsky at plus 210 interests me and he interests me a little bit on DraftKings at 7.3k and the downside is he might be popular at this price because he's coming off four wins in a row um, and he doesn't really have an elite fantasy ceiling I would say he's not likely to win inside the distance not likely to land takedowns of his own so if you want to target riskier options who may have more upside like a Vandera or a Steve Garcia whoever that's totally fine but if you need a place to save salary, I think Arlovsky has considerable win equity here. I think he's relatively safe outside of a you know quick knockout loss, which I guess means no one's safe in theory. But um, I just like the price tag here. I think I, I like the price tag, and I think it's a decent matchup for him to fight his style, win competitive rounds, and outscore his price tag. So um, I'm definitely taking chances on the underdog here in Arlovsky at 7.3K. And finally, the tournament matchup of the week, I would like to talk about Phil Hawes versus Roman Dolidze. Hawes is the favorite at minus 165, Dolidze plus 145. On DraftKings, Hawes 8.4K, Dolidze 7.8K. And these are like two guys who I would like to fade long-term for different reasons. I mean, Hawes is pretty solid, but he's got durability issues. He's been knocked out a few times, and it does seem like he will continue to get hurt and finished at the wrong time. So he's never a guy you want to fully trust. Also, maybe a little bit of, you know, not, not 100% sold on his cardio. Um, but he's fighting an opponent in Dolidze who just don't, don't love his style, don't love his fight IQ. He'll die for leg locks, really bad cardio. Um, coming off a good first-round knockout win against... Kyle Dawkins though which really surprised me and if he can knock out Kyle Dawkins in round one he could probably knock out Phil Hawes and if Roman Delize wins I mean he, he is a, a high level grappler and that's primarily his skill set I don't think he's going to get that done against Hawes who's probably a, a more physical and more technical wrestler but he could hurt Hawes and at 7.8k Delize plus 340 inside the distance he's a risk but a fighter I think I'm willing to include in my portfolio for that early knockout upside because we've seen Hawes hurt early in fights time and time again. However, I do like Hawes here at 8.4K and I think he has a chance to win this fight inside distance as well. Um, I just don't trust Elidze's cardio and he's looked very suspect even in fights against... Like he got tired against Loriano Staropoli. He lost to Trevin Giles. Um... There, there are red flags in his game that I think an opponent like Hawes 
could take advantage of um, because Hawes probably can land takedowns. If Staropoli can take Dolidze down late in a fight as he's gassed, I think Hawes can. Um, I also think Hawes could hurt him. I think Hawes has a, a striking base path to victory as well. And he's just he's extremely powerful. So um, I just would not be surprised if he's able to earn a TKO or straight knockout at some point throughout the fight. Hawes plus 170 to win inside the distance. Um, yeah, he might lose quickly. But if not, I, I think... He's got a more consistent game, better cardio, just a better like all-around fighter, and I won't be surprised if Dolidze breaks at some point. So I think the winner of this matchup ultimately has a fairly high floor and ceiling in the mid-range. Doesn't mean you have to play this fight 10 out of 10 lineups, but it's definitely one that I like. I prefer the Haas side for the reasons explained, but definitely a matchup that I'm eyeing and will be moderately invested in this weekend. All right, guys, that's it. Thanks for the support. As always, you can follow me on Twitter, Bert Appley, double T, double P, dailyfanmma.com for all your DraftKings breakdowns. Needs best of luck this week in your contest. Take care. Stay safe. We'll talk to you soon. Peace.